Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. We're thrilled that you've joined us for another conversation about student ministry. On today's podcast, Mike and Chris and I will be talking again about the issue of misplaced priorities. Before we get to that, let's catch up with the guys. Micah, how has the pandemic life been treating you and your family? It's been treating us fine. I think it's been doing, uh, we've just been working and playing and, and, and Roman is you know, running on walls. I didn't think it was possible, but he is. He's running literally on the walls and bouncing off of them. Bless his heart. He's just like me. Pray for him every day. How about you, Chris? How has your life been during this time? That's good, man. I think like most people, I've been able to make some uh, major headway on that honeydew list that has been growing over the last several years of marriage. Both of my kids are at home. Um, my son is sick, and so he's not able to do much. My, my daughter is about to to lose her mind. Uh, she's just used to going and going and going. And so she actually has painted our bathroom in the last 24 hours. Uh, she is planning on doing a little bit more of everything. So she's taking care of my honeydew list. And so I'm very thankful for Kat. Um, before we get into our conversation, though, about the practical steps for working with misplaced priorities, let me ask you a question. What is a lesson that you've learned during COVID-19? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. Do I need to narrow it down just to one lesson? One big one. If you've got uh, a couple, go ahead. I would say one lesson that I have learned during COVID-19 is... Don't let your wife go to Home Depot by herself. Yes. I will agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah. Because she will come home with a new floor and a new bathroom vanity, some new mirrors. Also <laughs> made the mistake of letting her take the credit card. So, yeah. That was dumb. That was <laughs> real dumb. That's not, you should know. How do you feel about that, Micah? <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. You I mean, should know better. I totally agree, but yeah. yeah, people people were talking about that stimulus check, and I'm like, what check? I I don't have any of it left. My my wife runs our bills. What are you talking about? When are we supposed to get that? So sorry, guys. So sorry. Uh, what about you, Micah? What have you learned during this time? Don't go chasing waterfalls. That's been a big one. Um, no, uh, man, the biggest one. Uh, follow the Dave Ramsey plan. Dude, yeah. <laughs> because man, you if you could follow that plan, man, and have have a lot of money set aside, you know, then you'd be living large. Mm. And I, I have not been living large. <laughs> 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 no, man, uh, I think I'll be a big serious lesson. Probably uh, how how much like how much like kids we are to God. Like Roman has just you know I have to like clean his diaper or something before we go outside to play and he gets so upset and it's like you know i wonder if we're like that time you know like that's been a big one for me recently is 
you know, he's, tr- God's trying to show us something really cool for the future. And mm-hmm. like, I'm all, you know, whining and get upset about stuff that's happening or happened or whatever. And, he, and, I, and I just do that with my son, you know, and I just got to change his diaper and we can go outside and play in the water, you know, and I, want, I know that's been a big lesson for me recently. I just wonder if we, you know, God does it to us a lot of times. Yeah. There, there's just so many things that I think God is teaching us and we just have to be open uh, to figure out what those are. Uh, for me, it's been a lot about family, about slowing down, getting the chance to just take my dog for a walk and to throw the ball and have her chase it. That sounds, you know, almost too simple. Um, but that activity tonight, as I was getting ready to come over and to record this at, up at the church, my dog followed me to the door and was like, all right, we about to go. We about to go. And I was like, nope. <laughs> I hated that for her. You know, it's, it's funny how we get attached to these furry little things, but um, well, tonight we're going to be talking about this idea of misplaced priorities. And I think that's one of the things that God has been working on us. He's been showing us what's most important um, and what we need to focus in on. And I, I love that he's teaching us through this. Now, with our nation wanting to open back up, you know, students and families will be moving back to their old patterns. And while one of those, while I was out with one of those walks with my dog this past week, I saw a couple of dads taking three or four boys to a ball field for practice already. Uh, the college sports and other activities is incredibly strong. Earlier on, I saw a couple who they were out there hitting softballs, and this was a couple of weeks back, even while our local field still had the do not enter field uh, signs up. Uh, but it's just, it's call. It's a big, strong call that pulls us back to those type of things. So as we began thinking about this topic in detail a couple of weeks ago, Micah shared some practical steps that I wanted to talk through today. And so we've got um, four different things, I believe, that we have on our list. And then I've got some follow-up questions. But, you know, dealing with these issues, dealing with misplaced priorities, it's, it's something that we have to deal with, whether it's during a pandemic, whether it's afterward, before. It, it is a problem. And especially if those of us who work with students it's incredibly hard because you're not just dealing with a misplaced priority of a a student with a young person. You're talking about what their parents find most important. And too many of them don't think that God should be up on the top of that list. And so we're going to take a few minutes to go through these together. The first one that Michael shared with me was that we should pray for our students and our families. It's always good to pray for, for the parents and students battling the struggle of putting God and the church first in their priorities. Let me ask you this question, guys. What are some good ways to make prayer a priority as you work with students? Maybe it's praying specifically for families or and just in general. How do we put that up on the list? Chris, let's start with you. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think something very practical to, to consider is to make a spreadsheet with all of your kids on there, just every student that you have uh, that you're in contact with and, and let that be a growing list, obviously. And, and so I, something I've done with our students is I've made a, just a master list. And so on there, you know, of course I've got their name, I've got their address. Um, I have their favorite Sonic drink, their birthday, 
uh, what year they're going to graduate, all that kind of stuff. And I think it's very easy just to add a column in there, you know, a current prayer need. And so you can just constantly be going back to that list and seeing who your kids are, you know, just thinking about the placement in life that they find themselves, whether it be junior high or high school, if they're playing sports, that kind of thing. All of those things just, I, I believe, are prayer prompts for, for us. And, and then just, I would say, man, p- pray scripture over those guys. So uh, yeah. I love Philippians 4, 6, where it says, don't be anxious about anything. And, and so many of our teenagers today have such high anxiety for so many different reasons. I mean, we could get into sports and cell phones and all that kind of stuff. But, but I think it's very, very helpful for us as student pastors to, to be super practical and make a list and man, go back to it on a, on a regular basis so that we can pray for our kids in a, in a very strategic and, and just purposeful way. How about you, Micah? Good stuff, man. That's real good stuff. The hardest thing is the discipline of setting aside time to pray. Yeah, uh, that was really hard for me because discipline's been a struggle for a long time. But one thing I found that was really helpful was a, a brother in um, Mamel that I met. Um, he w- had this kind of idea that when somebody mentioned something that they were struggling with, that he would write down on his alarms on his iPhone a time and alarm on that day each week, and then would in the notes write you know what uh, the person was dealing with. And then he would rotate people off every couple of weeks. But um, he said, how cool would it be, you know, like one day you wake up and your alarms and calendar is full of times that, that, that people, that, that you're praying for people, yeah. you know, that you're, it's going off saying, hey, you know, Brother Dan needs prayer over student ministry matters. And, you know, Brother Chris needs prayer over his ministry. And, and there's times where you know that that alarm's gone off and it's a reminder, not just to pray, but also that someone else is in need. And I think it pulls us kind of our head out of the microscope and kind of lets us see that there's other people that are hurting around us. And that that's kind of what I want to do. I'm not very good at it, but uh, I'm, I'm working towards that. And it's been really, really fruitful to be able to pray for people. Wow. I like that a lot. Both of those are great. For those of us who use the phone constantly, whether we're putting things in our calendar, that's how we make notes. Those can be real powerful things. And then Just having that list, that ongoing list that you're talking about, Chris, gives us insight into our students all the time. So as kind of a follow-up to that, what are some specific things that you pray for and you pray for your students about? I mean, what are those things that you you lift up when you pray for them? I would say, I mean, Dan, it's hard hard for me to put a specific thing on there. I mean, I, I, I pray, like I said, Scripture you know, for them, I want them to grow in the knowledge of Christ. I want them to, uh, I want them to, uh, to know that he is our perfect peace that passes all understanding. But then more specifically, I want to pray for each student as I know they need prayer. So again, that goes back to just knowing where they are in life, knowing conversations that I've had with them, knowing just what they're involved in and and all those kinds of things. Uh, to say exactly what I pray for them, I think that would probably be the best way I could I could elaborate on that without giving away just confidential information. On sure, sure. Kids, so, yeah. Now, I think about a conversation that I had this week, and it would be great to share, but guess what? That was a confidential conversation between my, me and my student. And so yeah. um, what about you, Micah? What are some specifics of what you pray about? Specifics of what your I students, pray about. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, you just you, like, okay. <clears throat> Maybe more general. <laughs> what are some areas that you pray for? 
um, with your students. Man, I, I'm a spontaneous person, so there's no telling what's gonna what I'm gonna pray for. <laughs> there's times that there, that the, with my conversation with God, that I'm like, man, you made this kid hilarious, and you know, I'm sure God's like, yeah. And I'm, what what do you want, Micah? No, I know he's not like that, but it's, it's just, I mean, in my prayers, there's times I'm just like, God, thank you for making this kid smell funny. Because I know he's where I know if he's not with this, that he's not with this. The kids, it doesn't, you know, like, God, th- yeah. thank you for letting this person be funny, you know, or like, it's just strange. Like, uh, you know, every, I don't know. But one thing I, I, I guess I always want to do is, um, I don't know, I want to always give God thanks for making them or bringing them into my life more than anything. Yeah. Cause that, uh, that comes up a lot to, to Rachel and I, cause they're all so different, you know, mm-hmm. they're all completely different from each other. And like that old adage, whatever movie it was from, you know, people are like snowflakes, everyone is different, you know, and I love getting yeah. to know every person because they're so different, all of them. And so my prayers really exemplify a lot of that. Thanking God for making these kids shine differently probably the most recurring thing in my prayers for students it is amazing how different they are there have been students in my ministry that i've thought oh man i'm gonna miss this one the others i've looked forward to the day they graduated you know it just (laughs) it's that range and we love them all uh, but they're they're challenges as we go through life with them and so praying uh prayers of thanksgiving about your students. Man, that's important. It is. Well, let's go on to number two. Uh, the second thing we want to look at, and besides just be sure that we pray for our students and families, is to, to number two, be a loving pastor or a loving student minister worker. And I, I make that distinction because I know some of our listeners are our pastors. They have been ordained into the ministry. God has placed that responsibility on them. And others are volunteers. They just love students and they want to to do the best they can for them. And so that's that second area that we want to be loving as we work with our students. I think it's good to have a pastoral foundation uh, with the families of the students. And if you have a good relationship with the parents and the students, it makes it easier to speak into them and into their lives about putting God and church before their hobbies. So what are some ways that you show love to your students? Chris, I, I think you, you touched on something when you were talking about your list of students. You have your favorite sonic drink on their list. Do you do something with that? Yeah, I, I try to um, very, very imperfectly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I just, I like to know things about my students in that way uh, so that, you know, if it's their, if it's their birthday, uh, I can get them maybe a, a sonic drink. If nothing else, it just allows me to be able to have, you know, conversation with them, sure. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, as, as far as just showing love to them, I, I think it's really important that we, I think we've said this even before in a podcast that we learn to listen more than we speak. Yeah. I think it's, it's very easy for me to think that uh, a teenager, they just need to hear what I have to say. And man, that is such a, a selfish, prideful thing to, to think when in reality, I think what one of the most loving things I can do is, is just have two ears open and one mouth closed and just be willing to hear what is going on in their world and their life. When I do that, it tends to open up so many more doors to be able to have more meaningful conversations. And, and I, I believe that just, that all flows into how we, how we pastor, how we love our kids and, they, they then know that we care deeply for them. 
what we do is so relational. It's just, that's such a big component. Um, we're not activity directors. We're not, you know, the, the entertainment. Um, although some of us can be entertaining, our, our job is to form relationships and to share Jesus with them and help them grow in that. And so that, man, it's a perfect way to show love. How about you, Micah? How do you show love towards your students? Remembering them and, you know, and trying to pick up where I left off with them. You know, if, yeah. if I haven't seen them in a while, I want to pick up where, where we were. So I actually got to hang out with one of my previous students from 12 years ago uh, to date, actually. And I kind of vaguely remember not in every detail, which, you know, I also not perfect in that either. But I remember some things about him. And I remembered um, and the things I remember not to give too much away. Um, I asked, I was like, man, like, you know, what happened? Like, did you marry this girl like you know and we just had this like kind of funny he's like oh no like and he just was like oh man i made so many mistakes i'm so sorry and i was like oh man it was a privilege and so i think remembering where you are with them each time you leave them and you know if they go off to college remember them and text them and yeah. encourage them and you know that that scripture uh the, the one i i go to is to to love to love one another a new commandment i give to you that you know you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another in John 13. And, and, and that was cool because today I get to see this, this guy and I knew him by name and, and just, it literally, I think it, and I don't know this, but just the look on his face, it seemed like it made his world, you know, that someone remembered him and it's been a long time ago, but to see him on Facebook and it's really cool to see where he's gone. And, and uh, it just was a really encouraging thing. So I think and trying to pick up where he left off with them. Yeah. Well, you've mentioned it before when they even just in passing mention something that they're interested in and you've talked about that taking the time to kind of dive a little deeper into it so that you can share in that next conversation. Um, and that does show love. I mean, it is incredibly powerful to know a student's name, to know what they love and to go back to those things. Um, that can be just real impactful. Well, the third thing we want to look at is this. Encourage families in their decisions to join in talent or leadership building extracurricular activities for their kids. Uh, ultimately, it's not a bad thing for them to be involved in things outside of the church. We want them to be engaged in the community. Uh, we should encourage this type of community participation because it could open up the opportunity for those families to reach lost people at those events. Uh, just remind them, though, how important it is to put church first. That's where the, the conflict is. That's where the balance is. It's hard to, to match. So encouraging students to get involved in the community is incredibly important. But how do we do that when parents maybe don't want them involved in the community or they don't want them involved with those kids or those other people? They, they want them hanging out with church kids. They want them to be with the good kids. How do we encourage that sort of community involvement. What do you think? Chris, you got any ideas? Well, I think you just hinted at it. Understanding that, that sports, extracurricular activities, whatever they are, uh, band, you know, you, t you take your pick. Even, I'm, I'm going to touch on some things that you guys have said before that y'all are into that, I, that I'm not so much in the know about, but like gaming, you know, yeah. just that kind of stuff. Like to know that, I think I can say this and, and not lose some listeners that those things are and can be good gifts from God. 
that those are things that we can enjoy. Yeah. Those things, those are things that we, we should, we should use as ways of building community. Uh, you know, this, this whole episode is about misplaced priorities and, and that's, that's where we, we get it wrong so many times is we take good things and we make them God in our life. And uh, whenever we do that, then our perspective for those things is completely skewed. So I think helping families, helping teenagers and, and reminding ourselves that those, those activities are, are good gifts that should be used as a, as a means for glorifying God. And so um, helping a teenager see that, okay, man, you're, you really excel in, in drama. You really excel in, you know, uh, football and that don't, don't waste that on, on just yourself. Don't, don't make it just about you understand that this is a way that you can actually give glory to God and, and don't do it. This, this just just popped in my head. Don't do it in a cheesy way where, where it's like, uh, you know, I'm only going to give glory to God because I think he's going to help me win the game, (laughs) you know, but to, to every time you step on the field, every time you, you step on the stage, uh, you are stepping with just intentionality that this is an opportunity to make much of Christ. And, and I believe when we take that kind of perspective into it, man, it, it does, it changes just the way that we uh, go about doing life. It, It changes it completely. And, and I think it helps us in, in, just knowing why we we do certain things i think about tim tebow great athlete and the ability that he's used to um, glorify god um, i think about others you know that it is a powerful thing there are those that are very sports minded and you have the ability to speak into people's lives because of what you're involved in whether it's maybe it's a huge band culture at, at that school or Uh, I think about my kid's school that there was 260, 280 students in the band. And so you have the ability um, to use those things to glorify God. I I think that's important for us to remember that the problem, the misplaced priority in it is when that becomes the God rather than a way to glorify God. Micah, what do you have to add with that? How do we help those students? Yeah, there's been some websites that have helped me because I didn't know how to tackle this because I, I don't think anybody probably has the complete full answer, but we have answers that are good answers and in and in, in perspectives, but uh, the gospel coalition had a, um, an article and uh, they, they, they called it four questions. Parents should ask of extracurricular activities. And I, I jotted the four down, but man, that is a, a great article read for any Christian, any student minister um, that has this, the, the dichotomy, the tension struggle between, um, you know, extracurricular activities and, and church. And the first thing that they say, and I'm not going to go through all of it, but just to give the highlights of it, that was really helpful for me a long time ago. And does this sport um, function as an organized religion penalize if you're a Christian? Mm, yeah. That's one of the first things it says. The second is who spends the most time with your children and exerts the greatest influence on them. It should be the church. You know, the third, do you help your child and family view extracurriculars as part of their calling and ministry in the world? And then the last thing that they say is, is this 
uh, the life you dreamed of when you brought this child home from the hospital, that they were only going to be this sport. They were only going to be like, you know, we have, you know, we have dreams for our kids. We have expectations and the church for all three of us is huge for all of our kids. Yeah. And, and, and I would never want my son to grow up in my home thinking that any, any sport was more than what God is or, uh, deserves more commitment than we than the commitment we have to church, and I, one thing I would, would do is I would say, hey, read this article; it's helpful. But really, ask yourself one question: you know, who do you want to be the greatest influence on their life? And that's been really helpful for students because they kind of come to their own conclusion. Really, if you ask the right questions, students will kind of you can kind of prod them along, you know, and 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 help them come to lead them to to godly views on what this, this thing is. And, and also parents, I think it starts with the students guys as student pastors and student ministers, but a part of that's the parents too, you know, just trying to educate them clearly with who comes first and everything. And and that is hard. It is hard to, to educate parents (laughs) because many of those of us, you know, working with students, we're younger. Um, I'm not anymore, <laughs> but if there was a point, I remember being a, a student pastor and someone told me, just said, well, just wait until you have kids, mm-hmm. then you'll know. Now, honestly, if you're listening, you haven't, don't have kids yet and you've heard that statement, understand there is some truth to that. It, things become different when kids enter the picture. Um, but if our message is God's word, it, if that is the focus, we can always share that, that message. Talk about those priorities that God's word talks about. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I know we're going to move on to that next point. I, just, I was just thinking about something. There's a, there's a book out there that is helpful. Now, this is, it's dealing with sports, but it's called, uh, I want to make sure I get it right. I believe it's called In the Arena. It's just very helpful, and, and I don't I don't remember if it said this in that book or if it's just something that that I gleaned from it. But uh, a, a helpful question for for ourselves and also for our students is um, do, in how we see that extracurricular activity. So let's just take sports. You know, asking them the question: Do you see sports as a as a means to glorifying Christ? Or do you see Christ as a means of glorifying your sport? And so, again, it's, it's where we get that stuff backwards. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the idea that, you know what, if I print that, if I print that, uh, that Philippians 4.13 on the back of my shirt and I say a prayer before every game, then Christ is going to glorify me in this game. But that's, that's just us looking at it backwards. And, and we've got to teach our students how to have the right perspective when it comes to not just sports, but every, everything that we do in life, that, that Jesus is not a means to an end, but that he is the end. He is our ultimate joy. That's and and that's, that, that we pursue him, and, and we don't use him as a stepping stone. It was just on my mind, and I wanted, to, I wanted to say that. Sometimes it's just hard when we don't have something we can reference, that we can go back and look at. Uh, but I know this is a topic that we all deal with. Um, whether you're in student ministry for a year or many years like me, um, it is definitely uh, something that you're going you're gonna to battle at some point. And if we can help not just students, but parents and families embrace this concept that every life, all of life is about glorifying God, 
then we're going to see great things happen. It's going to be incredible. Now, the fourth thing that we've got tonight um, is this idea that if time, the time comes and you start seeing absences from your students in your church, what do you do? Well, ultimately, you start praying for them. We talked about prayer at the beginning of praying for them as a general sense, but I think praying for them very specifically about uh, the things that they're struggling with, the things that they're going through, what we want to see. Now, it's not an easy thing to do, but God always, uh, we're to always make God first. Talk with the student about well, making sure that God uh, comes before their talent, reminding them that their talent comes from the Lord. So whether um, whether they eat or they drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's that's what it's about. And this is a this is a tough subject. And I hope that the guys tonight have given you some practical things that we can do, some ways that we can work through it. But as we begin to wrap this up tonight, guys, what else would you add to this subject? Is there something else that we need to make sure our listeners hear as as we work through this issue? Chris, you got something? And I, I would simply say to, and you will hear me say this a lot if you keep listening to the podcast, but we need to make sure that we are abiding in Christ. John 15, uh, Jesus makes it very clear that apart from him, we can do nothing. And, uh, and so we need to make it a personal practice of abiding in him, just resting in him being um, everything that we need to understand that the fruit of the spirit is not inherently ours apart from him. Like we can't get better at being uh, self-controlled. We can't get better at being patient that Jesus is all of those things. Those are his qualities. And that's why Paul can say in Galatians that it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives through me. And this life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Mm. And so as we, as we go about this, this task of just leading students to find their joy in Christ and, and how to practically, li- practically live that out every day, we ourselves need to make sure that we are abiding in Christ. And I believe that that will, that will um, lead to us uh, like Micah said, being spontaneous, you know, uh, in, in a certain sense that the Lord will put a kid on our, on our heart and on our mind. And, and we just know that we need to send them a text, yeah. uh, that we need to give them a call that, that maybe we need to go and just sit with them at, at lunch at school or something. Um, or, or just simply we need to stop what we're doing and we just need to pray for them right there. And, and so, um, as we abide in Christ, those kind of things will become the norm of our ministry. And, and I believe that, that Jesus will be magnified. Our, our students and our families will be all the better for it. And, um, and yeah, and, and I just, I mean, that's, that's something that I want. It is, it's something that we get to the end of each day and we say, man, gosh, I, I, I did not do that in here when I should have, but, Praise the Lord. His mercy is new every day, and he gives us the grace to, to keep going. That's good. Michael, what would you add? The most heartbreaking thing in student ministry for uh, in, in our ministry has been when we've seen those kids that were very passionate about the Lord and then drifted during those, those, those tough years, like the senior year of high school. 
those tough seasons like you know the the spring baseball and softball and then track combos and to see those kids leave is is heart-wrenching for 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 rachel and i it was always crazy painful when we're saying hey you know keep church a priority keep church a priority because the 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 church mourns together when they see students leave the faith or leave the church you leave the church like the church mourns and people mourn over that friends mourn over that and you know, if, and if you're dealing with this, guys, if you're listening to the podcast and you're, and you're seeing students leave, you know, start praying for them. But I would even add, go after them. Uh, I can't tell you how many times in my center uh, I needed somebody to come after me and to help me get back to God and get back to godly things and godly ways. And I'll tell you guys, um, you know, Chris and Dan have been that for me. Just last week they prayed for me and a time that I, I needed prayer. And we need friends like that. And we need to be friends like that to our students. It's not just a role. It's more than that. It's a, it's your, you're a friend and you're a friend forever So go after him. If, if you can, I think about the shepherd and the sheep that shepherd went out after that one, there is a, a biblical mandate for us to, to run after those lost sheep. They may be hurting and the way that students will often express that hurt is push us away. We still need to be there for them and love on them. You know, one other thing that I'd like to add to our list of practical uh, steps as we're dealing with this misplaced priorities is to be the example. There is a, a great deal of time where we can get focused in on things that have absolutely nothing to do with God in the ministry. I'm a guy who loves different things. I'm in Taekwondo uh, there's been a period where I was running a lot. Uh, I love, if you looked in my office, you would see a great number of uh, Superman things. Um, I've got a lot of crazy stuff. I like those things. But where I can fail is sometimes they can be on the top of my list. And so I need to be the example. I need to make sure that, as, as Chris said, um, that I'm inviting in Christ. And when my students see that and see that the example that I'm going to put Christ first before that Comic-Con that I might want to go to or that Taekwondo tournament that's going to be a problem with something else that I have going on. Yeah, whatever it is, I've got to set that example. And when I do, when I do, um, they're going to see it. My kids, my son, my daughter, they've seen that sort of thing, but my students need to see it as well. And so I need to make sure that's a priority. Well, guys, it's been great to talk to you tonight as we have kind of worked through this issue and talked about some practical steps. And I hope that you as a listener have some things that you can glean from this. That's why we're here. That's why we want to, to share with you on a weekly basis is so that you can grow as you work with that next generation. Um, as we work with our students, hopefully we will see them turn that corner and make God, his word, and his church a priority in our lives. It's definitely a journey as we invest in students and their lives, but keep it up because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.